Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are talking about the Vault series, volume one. That's what I saw these yes. labeled as the, the official name for the two songs released to celebration attendees on USBs and via digital download. The official release date is June 11th, 2023, but celebration ran June 8th to the 11th of 2023 and they were handed out sometime. Yeah. 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 I read on Prince Vault that probably the USB was done because there were production issues with vinyl. Yes. I also Which read that. I guess I can understand. Don't know about handing vinyl out at a celebration. People I don't mean, have record players with them. Yeah. All I mean, their plan, evidently, was to give it a wide release on download and streaming services July 7th, 2023, which is what happened. Yeah. Yes. And as we know and discovered through friends of friends of friends who were there, the USB delivery to attendees was uh-huh. intentionally downgraded and sound quality also a low right. bit rate MP3 for each of these. They both did not sound good. No. Like if you listen to the rips of the MP3s on YouTube, which there are plenty, uh, it's bad. It's real bad. Yep. I had someone send them directly to me, and we're like, man, really hope the official release is better than this. Thankfully, it was, but um, just kind of weird. Like, these are the most, your most trusted, you know, group coming there in person. Who spent a lot of money to be there. The tickets were very expensive. Yeah, so, and it didn't, doesn't cost more to put a higher bit rate even a lossless file on a USB drive than a lossy one. Uh huh. So clearly it was done intentionally uh, as a method of, I guess, keeping them from being shared and being able to tag them, that kind of thing. But there's so many other ways to do that. I just thought that was um, a little lame. I agree. Had I been there, had I had one. Oh. I'd We'd have be, been pissed I would off. Not, I would not be happy. But yep. the packaging was cool. It was. The artwork was cool. Uh, for yeah. the, well, I'll say, the artwork for the USB little J card that was inside it was cool. And it coincided with the celebration artwork. Right. Um, so, yes, that was cool. Why that wasn't used for the official streaming releases of these two songs, they got their own artwork and nowhere in the information on either song, does it mention the Vault Series Volume 1? Mm-hmm. So they're not like together even on a single. They're just two single song releases not associated with one another. Right. So I, I don't know the answers, but it's just left me questioning, what is the reasoning for this? What is the plan? Is there a plan? <laughs> no, um, probably not. That would be my guess. Without, I mean, that, Without being too snarky, I've got to say, it just looks like a big old mess. And like there, if there was a plan, it's been disrupted somehow. Right. Um, and so as a result, in two years, the estate has released a grand total of four songs by my count. Yeah. Two live songs that were given out at Celebration 2020, 
two. Mm-hmm. And then these two songs that were given out and then released right around the 2023 celebration. Not not a not a great story of competence right. or planning or care, I think would be the other way I would I would look at it just like th- this was not thought through very well. Well, and it, to me celebration seemed a little haphazard at, at not being there but in the time leading up to it, which we didn't go. We were not uh, attendees this year. We have actually never gone. Nope. I don't know that if that will change or not. It does sound like a fun weekend. I know lots of people had a really great time. That's generally not our scene. But um, I won't say never, but not planning on it at the moment. But when they released the tickets, mm. oh, they yeah. had there was no lineup. You didn't know what you were paying for. Yeah. And it's yeah. it even if they did have a very competent grasp on who was going to be there, when, what they were going to be doing, it didn't come across that way. And I feel like this is another signal that maybe they didn't quite have all their stuff together because they weren't able to get it done on records in time. You know, they ended up with this USB, which was cool. It had nice artwork. It was shaped like a cassette tape, which is very fun and very retro. But then they threw these really low quality files on them. I don't know if that was like... Well, it's like handing out something and saying, we don't trust you, even though... The official releases, they're not just for sale, right? They're on streaming platforms. Right. You can listen to them for free. Right. You can buy a copy if you want to, but I just don't understand what the reasoning was for degrading the quality of a gift that you give to people who have traveled dozens, hundreds, thousands of miles and paid a premium to be there in person doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Right. I agree. That said... The music is fun, especially now that we have it in much better quality where we can listen to it wherever you listen to it. That's on Spotify and they have uh, their own YouTube links that Apple Music is where we listen to it and they're excellent quality. Um, I'll say maybe a little shy of excellent, but we'll okay. get there. We'll okay. get there. We'll get there. But still, the good news is Two songs, one of which we've never heard at all. Like, right. didn't even know that it was right. Like, when the title was circulated, it's like, uh-huh. did they miss <laughs> misspell something? Yeah, or, or did what they is add this? an extra word or leave a word out? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense until you listen to the song. Yeah, when you listen to it, it does make sense. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the second song being a different mix of a song that was a, I mean, one of his last worldwide hits right yeah essentially so the opportunity was there to do something pretty cool like package it as a a side b side thing or something but i don't know just like let's put it out okay yeah it didn't feel very coherent but yeah we'll talk about that later agree so shall we get into the music yeah let's now that it. we've bitched <laughs> <laughs> This is what you all show up for is us to complain about stuff at the beginning of the podcast. It doesn't make like anyone who can change anything listens or gives a rat's patootie. No, not not. to this show. But we talked about this too. Like, okay, the Prince community 
is large and very dedicated and pretty connected, but it seems like the estate and the outreach to uh, maybe make that more cohesive and leverage the power of surviving fans to help promote this and get it out there, inform, hey, spread the news. I mean, there are dozens of podcasts like ours that could be like connected somehow or an invitation to, Hey, we have these general plans. Would you be willing to be a part? I just think there's a lot of opportunities that are there that cost nothing. And in an estate where the goal is to maintain a fortune and monetize what's left, wouldn't you think that anything that would involve free help with that would be at the top of the priority list? You would think so. I mean, on the one hand, I'm just glad that they haven't like sent us a cease and desist. You know, they're not telling us to, you know, stop using clips in the music. Uh, We can't stop you from talking about it, but don't use clips. It's all falls under fair use in the U S that's where we're located. So I think, I think it's fine. We don't generally put very much on here that you can't find for free other places from other people. So, but also like have it be an application process. Hey, we, I have a website. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I have a huge Twitter following. And the only thing I tweet about is prints or whatever they're calling tweets now that it's sounds like a porn site, but you know, whatever, have an application process where people can say, look, this is, this is my community. And I would like to be able to promote the things that you're coming up with yep. sooner. Yeah. Cause I mean, we could have had an episode about these out when they released to streaming platforms and it would have been, really fun and a great way to get people to listen right away. And yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody outside of existing followers of Prince's music knows or has a way of finding out about these two tracks. It's just not there. Right. No. So Prince's fan base is now seven years older than they were when he passed away. So there's like some, you know, knowledge and celebration to like preserve and pass on. Yeah. I mean, if we want to get new fans involved and uh, educated and uh, be able to appreciate the work, then we need to have people know about this. And I feel like anybody you can get talking about this stuff is going to help. Yep. I very much agree. And I would also say that, you know, Bed sheets and other <laughs> BS like that is not going to get it done. I mean, I'm all for a nice hoodie, but we don't need any more. They don't need eye palettes of, you know, makeup. I mean, all that stuff is fine if you already also have the music that you're promoting. Sure. I mean, and yes, there's plenty of like- music out there that has been released and of course, celebrated, made charts and sold millions, but there is what three, four, five times that sitting on a hard drive somewhere now. Yeah. Right. Collecting and dust Iron somewhere. Mountain yeah. And the 
you know, the level of interest that people have in it is not going to grow by releasing an average of one song every six months, which yeah. is the current pace, right. which is pretty pathetic, especially right. from the estate of a man who said, I am music. I don't remember him saying, I am an athletic fit t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Fair. Fair. But. All right. So we weren't done bitching. <laughs> we are now. And scene. Scene. So let's talk about the first song, the one that nobody had heard. I'm sure like, somebody heard it. Well, but... Prince had obviously heard it. He probably played it for somebody. <laughs> well, he had somebody doing horn stabs on it that are unidentified, also. Right. right. So, I, d- I wasn't. I, 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 I listen to that well. also. That's listed on Prince Vault as players. I'm like, I don't really hear those either, but I'll uh, mention it because it is on the okay. one resource we have because right. the estate also failed to tell us jack anything about these songs essentially right i'm like what horn stabs are there because i was listening and they sounded like keyboards to me yeah but you know yeah so uh i think it came from the estate that the song was recorded in september 2006 yeah uh, all a share together now Uh, yeah we should say the name of the song might be helpful for those following along. True, but if we didn't say the name of the song, you probably have six months to figure it out before the next one comes out. So I don't think you'd be too challenged. All a share together now. Right. Not a misprint. Right. Five words. All a share together now. Yes. Yeah. Prince essentially plays all the instruments on this. Yes. Um, and it's not known to have been planned for any particular project. Mm-hmm. True. Though I will say from the very start, it sounds very much like a 2000, early 2000s Prince to me. It has a musicology flavor to it. Oh, okay. To me, jazzy with a lot of bass and lots of cymbals. And it's just, it has that musicology sound. Maybe not exactly, but like musicology two years later. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I thought that you might say, as some have said, that they were proposing that, oh, that's got to be from the rumored Rainbow Children 2 planned album because it has this live, organic, jazzy feel to it. Mm -hmm. And it has a very much an underlying spirituality message to it that could come across a little Rainbow Children-ish. That's fair. To a degree. I thought that it had more of like a 3121 to Lotus Flower period sound to it where he does a lot of playing with sliding scales on the guitar. Okay. You hear that a lot in 3121. You heard that a lot in Lotus Flower, the disc Lotus Flower. That was kind of rock and roll. It was almost like a Sonny T, Michael Bland, Prince type song. Sure. And a lot of... Lotus Flower was recorded in the 3121 period also. So I thought it kind of fell in there a little bit. Okay. Can we talk about the artwork? You did say and more up front. Or I'll be happy to talk about the artwork because I stared at it for a while. Okay. 
I did. I did not. I should have looked at it more closely, but I, I did you. not. I got you. So, I don't know. Again, I think with the artwork, you have a square, right, to do something to right. represent this work in some way, right? And it was just a picture of him, right? Well, Black it's and a, white picture. It's a duotone photo of Prince, like from the chest up, mainly his face and his left hand that does have kind of a musicology to 3121 era yeah. look to it. So it looks like an era appropriate photo for sure. Okay. Um, however, when you start looking at it, you realize there are some very cheap looking Photoshop watercolor-esque effects on it. Okay. And frankly, some very terrible masking of the photo out to put it uh-huh. on a black background. Yeah. I'll invite you to look at the sharpness of the contrast on the edge of Prince's face and then follow it down to his left index finger in the foreground. And it's truly got to be one of the most poorly produced artwork for any Prince release I've ever seen in my life. And that is a very low bar, very low bar, because there has been some crap. Yeah. This just looks like, again, it. I will give it to them for consistency. The artwork matches the marketing, matches the story <laughs> of the USB drive. Uh-huh. It all just comes across as hastily put together and without much care and, frankly, someone who didn't know what they were doing. Oh. And again, this is where they could reach out to the fan community where they have people who do this professionally who would probably do it for free. To do something nice. Even to use the celebration artwork, if these two songs are going to be forever tied to Celebration 7. I believe the celebration artwork was fan-made. Like, they had a contest. I'll have to look that up and share that uh, on our social media, which you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Whatever Twitter is now is TMATS podcast. Or you can send us an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Whatever Twitter is now. Um, maybe Elon is behind these releases. They do coincide with a lot of weird things. Um, so furthermore, the cover image shows the song title. All right. All a share together now. Right. Capital A, capital A, capital S, capital T, capital N. Okay. And it is together, not the number two. It is spelled out together. Right. Which Prince wasn't consistent about where the twos and U's and those kinds of things were positioned. He, so m- maybe maybe that's the way they found it on a, you know, a label. Right. Uh, I noticed that the digital release has the article A in lowercase. So when you play it on a platform like Apple Music... The name of the song in the extremely poorly done artwork that is showing does not match the name of the digital track that you are playing. It's a mess. Yeah, I mean, and that's a small thing, but that's just like a level of care that you'd like to see taken, especially when so many of us feel so strongly and so connected to Prince. Well, you like you, you hear this is coming for, from, for, you know, we, those not there got whatever month's notice, essentially this would be a release. So you're like, Oh, great. I cannot wait. Uh-huh. And then it comes out and you're like, this is really like, I'm not 
proud to share this with people. Right. I don't think it represents the work very well. Right. It just looks very, very homegrown. Prince did that himself with Crystal Ball. With We just finished, wrapped up our coverage of Emancipation. And the Jam of the Year face down live single was sort of bootlegged out a little bit. But it was done in a fun, funky, purposeful way. Right. And this thing is just, it is a sad thing to look at. There's well, no energy to it. It looks cheap. Right. It looks like the same kind of thing that we've seen many times before. It doesn't necessarily look like anything new or fresh. And it feels like the level of care taken by the people who are supposed to be custodians of something we all feel, at least if you're listening, you probably feel pretty passionate about Prince's music. And it it feels a little like a slap in the face that so little care is being taken with something you care a lot about. Yep. I mean, it's not out of line with how Prince looked after his own legacy to a degree, whether it be the will, the state of the vault, uh, how these songs have, a lot of the older ones have degraded over time. Some lost forever. Yeah. Um, You know, there was very much a 40 years of living in the moment, essentially. So, Again, points for consistency, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But the song itself has some very interesting lyrics. There it does. is a lot of lyrical things I'd like to dig into a little bit. Cool. Well, it launches right in. It's got a very fast drum pattern with heavy bass and rhythm guitar, and the lyrics are delivered very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like father teaches, like son do with each generation. Yeah. I, I also thought like how quickly the track starts, yes. launches right in that maybe there's a longer intro that was edited down or this was part of something else he was doing that they kind of, or he cut into the single song. Uh-huh. It just has that kind of feel, feel to, to it. you. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Like we, we are in media ray when this thing starts in right. the middle of things. Well, and I could totally see this being like the first step or like the 18th step of 85 steps or whatever, you know, because there was obviously many, many steps that went into producing this song because it is well produced. There's a lot going on here. If he played all the instruments, then he had to, you know, sit down with the song a dozen times to do things with it. True. And layer his own vocals because he's the only vocalist also. Exactly. All right. So the lyrics are yours, dear. (laughs) He said with each generation, the past improved with each generation, the past improved. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, this is interesting because you can kind of take it two ways. So there's a positive way. Okay. That each generation is doing better than the one before yep. and causing the next generation to have a better past. Yep. So you and I have a better past than our parents. Our parents had a better past than our grandparents and so on and so forth. Right. And our children, our children will have a better past than us. The less positive way you could maybe understand this mm-hmm. is the further that we get from the past, the more it gets romanticized. So people want to go back to the quote unquote traditional values of like the fifties, but they ignore, this is normally white people who are wanting to do this. um, They ignore that 
at that time, it was pretty awful for people of color, people in the LGBTIA plus community, yep. women, anybody who was divorced. I mean, it wasn't a great time. So that's why I was like, the past improved. Like, you can look at that as saying everybody, any, every generation is doing a little better. Yeah. Or you can look at it as everybody thinks that the past was better. Yeah. So I had the same thought, a little different than your second, okay, less positive view on it. Uh, for me, it was, oh, could he, this was before I had listened to the whole song. I heard that lyric and I was like, ooh, could this be about uh, selective history, mm-hmm. uh, selective teaching, you know, selective, selective teaching of history to make the the past sound better than it really was. It's not about... Uh, someone forgetting it, it's someone l- not learning the truth about what our right. history truly is. Yeah. And because of that, and as n- new generations come through schools, right. it's turned into uh, it's a, a much rosier you know, view. The truth is painted happened. through a lens that is not rooted in truth at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's where it ended up going. I don't think so. But. Right. Um, it's certainly there uh, to to hear and to kind of like, whoa, what does he mean with each generation the past improved? Could be a very simple thing, like collectively we have been improving or we are being manipulated as a collective by a small group of people in control. Sure. Which sounds a whole lot more like Prince. Especially in the this early, period, This right? period of time. Yeah. You know, he's going on Tavis Smiley talking about chemtrails and stuff. Right. Right. This seems like the kind of conclusion he might come to. Yeah. And then he says, you know, no generation taking more than their fill, which I'm like, oh, that's cute. No generation taking more than their fill. Like Yeah. That never happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I also think, is this like the utopian view of this is this is his vision for how or a vision for how life and generational improvement should work yes oh i agree an aspirational thing yes but that wasn't how it's ever worked sure you know i mean it it is aspirational it's the way generation involves people (laughs) and a lot of people suck (laughs) this is so true so sure yeah so so true then he gets into this very biblical sort of view of things. Mm-hmm. The scripture teach us no matter how long the debt of the ones before us must be paid all a share together. Now. The scriptures teach us no matter how long the debt of the ones before us must be paid all a share together. Now. So I was like, have a look and see what the scripture, the Bible. Okay. This was, he was Jehovah's witness. The Bible was his thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) it well, it's not the Quran. It's not just, you know, the Torah, the old Testament. It's not another set of scriptural documentation. It's the Bible. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, No, you're right. I just was like, that's his jam. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. So I'd look to see there are many, many verses about debt in the Bible. Okay. Many. 
Uh, so Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one: the wicked borrow and do not repay. My favorite one of the ones that I read was Romans thirteen eight: owe no one anything except love to each other, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. But these verses tend to be about literal debts, about cash yeah. money. Okay, you know this is. You know, paying off. There was also a system at that time where every seven years the debts got erased, so yep. you could still build up a inheritance for your family. And I think Prince may have been thinking a little more metaphorically. I, I agree. And I do love the idea that we all pitch in a share mm-hmm. to improve the world for the next generation. But it's interesting because I couldn't find. Uh, scriptural references that were metaphorical in the we have to make oh. things right. Okay, um, it was it was all about like literal debt. Mm-hmm. This must have been a big thing in biblical times because that's what it was. But Interesting. yeah, so and of course I'll post a link to all that stuff if you're interested in reading it. Cool. I did see that's what I was reading or watching something this week where. Someone was talking about money and finances in the Bible. And what did Jesus have to say about that? And that Jesus spent far less time talking about heaven than he did talking about finances. Uh huh. So kind of interesting, at least the recorded words of Jesus. Yes. He might have had a lot of private thoughts about heaven. <laughs> well, I think the whole point was that he came to have us think about how we treat our fellow man here is more important than the afterlife. This is what we need to know here in yeah. this realm of existence. Mm-hmm. Fair. You know, when this was something that I struggled with, like trying to keep my own frame of mind in check as I start listening to a Prince song that I've never heard before. Super exciting. Like, wow. And basically a new release. Awesome. But as it, like starts pretty quickly with father, son, scripture, uh-huh. like without even really listening or reading what's being said, I start to get defensive almost automatically oh. just because of like I've been put off a uh-huh. little bit by this before, not necessarily from this time period in Prince's music, but when Prince gets spiritual, it can be very polarizing. Sure. And so I kept telling myself, you know, don't judge a song by a lyric. Let's get through this and see where it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of like delivery again, very like it's not poetry slam type thing is kind of wrong. Cause it is sung, but it's more spoke sung. Right. There is at 41 seconds, a little Ooh. Uh-huh. falsetto and going on in the background. Dig me right dig, after that. Dig me now. Yeah. So the, even the way he speaks is very preacher like. Sure. Would you say? Yeah. Yes, there's definitely... There's a, like a, I don't know, like a very traditional soulful delivery of these things. Yes. There are fun guitars. Very fun. After that first verse. Um, Then we get into the second verse, and then the enemy, who we must assume is Satan, due to the 
very religious nature of this song, mm-hmm. um, goads the believers to attempt murder of it, them, whatever it is. One of the big ten. Enemy sleeping, bottom on the hill, good for nothing, torn, us to kill him. You know, that's what don't thou shall not kill. But then Prince says, uh, never slay without a reason, regardless of the crime. Never slay without a reason, regardless of the crime. Everything is a season, everything is a time. I'm like, well, what are the reasons to slay if the crime is immaterial? Is this anti-death penalty or is it just anti-impulsive murder? It's, I've got three question marks in my notes next to this very <laughs> lyric, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, part of them is maybe it's like, okay, I'm trying to be put a pop my own. Like, what could this mean that would be positive? Okay. Would be you have an opportunity to wipe someone out and they're even t- begging you to do it. Do the right thing. Okay. Restrain yourself. Have control right. of yourself. Right. But that's not what he says, and especially like the never slay without a reason. Yeah, I'm like, it's almost like, uh, well, everybody's got a reason. (laughs) Maybe it's just that their blood sugar is low and they're mad. That could be, you know, I mean, that's a reason. It's not a good one. There's not an awful lot, especially for a song like this that is pulling references from a documented manuscript of the Bible, you know, or man's spiritually inspired written history, right? Which is fairly specific at times. Yeah. Well, especially about (laughs) the (laughs) things to do that are wrong. Yeah. Like uh, there wasn't a very, there's not a vague commandment, I guess is what I'm saying. all the commandments are pretty specific and pretty direct. Yeah. They're like, these are the things you shouldn't do. Yeah. And really, it's not, these are the things you shouldn't do because I'll be mad about it. It's like, these are the things you shouldn't do because this is going to screw up your community. Yeah. Never slay without a reason, regardless of the crime. For everything, there's a season. So it's almost like lurk in the shadows, let it like, or time will catch it. They'll get what's coming to them. Uh-huh. Kind of, without you taking matters into your own hands. Although he ne- doesn't say that either, because he specifically, specifically says, don't do it without a reason. Like, okay, I hate these people. Yeah, that's a reason. Yeah. It's not a good one. Yeah, there's no qualifiers a, around the reason. Right. And, you know, it all it's almost like, oh, don't do it because their season is coming and they'll get what's coming to them. Yeah. Or... The season is not now. You can kill them more effectively. You can slay them more effectively if you bide your time. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's very unclear. It is unclear. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, what I what is clear is there's a very close, well, the closest thing to a guitar solo there is on this song, like right before that verse from a minute and 16 seconds mm-hmm. to a minute and 30 seconds. It almost takes off, and I want it to, but it uh-huh. it leaves you wanting for more, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. But uh, at least musically, here it's a yeah. lot of what a lot of the feeling is towards the Rainbow Children, like musically and instrumentally, like super inspired. Sure, maybe problematic, or you can disagree with you know the the lyrics, and I 
I sort of feel that way here, but I'm also not quite sure what I'm disagreeing with because it's left open to interpretation or the thought isn't quite finished or there are qualifiers missing so that I'm not that I would look to Prince for guidance on how to live my life, but he's clearly conveying a message of what his own personal beliefs are. Mm -hmm. They don't quite seem complete. Right. Well, and that's fine. It's fine to not have a complete thought or completely understand exactly every nuance of what you believe because you haven't been in every situation. But then there is this nice little um, eloquent way of expressing the golden rule Give unto all what you want in your life and watch the blessings flow. Give unto all what you want in your life. Watch the blessings just flow together now. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Okay, that's pretty clear. Yeah. I can get behind that message. Same. Um, and I think also the title of the song to me, or at least where it comes from, becomes a little more clear here too. It's all together now. Mm. He, he like devolves into saying all together now. And I want to say that he's almost saying, not that I think he didn't name the song this and that's named wrong. I'm just saying that like the kind of soulful way to say it is like a truncated version of all will share together now or all all will share together now that it just kind of like morphed into the kind of more rhythmic all I share together now, uh-huh. you know, kind of came together. And I do think that's what he's saying, but what he's, what he's really saying is here with yeah. all together. Now it's about coming right. together. It's all about coming together. That's a musical thing. Mm-hmm. Also, it's kind of pulling from a lot of different places, which is very nice. And you can tell he was thinking about what it would be like to play the song with others. <laughs> Hit me band. So, you know, he's he's got these layers of things happening here as he's making the music, he's writing these lyrics, he's thinking about what it would be like to play it in the studio or live with a band. Yeah. Yeah, because when he says hit me band, it's all him. Yeah, it's yeah. him. Yeah. So we reach the outro where I think the song takes a very different direction, mm-hmm. uh, starting around two minutes and 28 seconds. Yeah, yeah. the devil is a she. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I almost see this as like another personal singular diss, sure. so to speak, that Princess found a way to work into a song about, you know, generational progress. Uh-huh. But, you know, she whether it be a woman or the devil, but I think probably put your hands together. Uh-huh. She picked him out of a crowded room where there was only joy and laughter, and she had a plan to change all that real soon. She always knew what she was after. She picked him out of a crowded room where there was only joy and laughter. She had a plan to change all that real soon. She always knew what she was after. So there was someone... In his life, and I, I was thinking about that this this morning where he comes back to bass. She tried to stop the bass. After bass. She tried to stop the bass. And I'm like, oh, you're. I think he's saying this person or being or creature tried to take 
my soul, my yeah. my Some, funk, my funkiness. Said, why don't we go on a trip instead of you staying up uh, all night in the in the studio <laughs> in the studio? And he was like, "Don't you tell me what to do." <laughs> There's a little bit of that there for sure. <laughs> I was like, is it, you know, is it really about the base or is it about someone trying to take, you know, mold him into something that he isn't, you know? Yes. Uh, if he is music, as we said up front, and not bedsheets, <laughs> then uh, was someone distracting him from what was most important to him and what he felt his purpose was. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I do really appreciate right at three minutes, there was... This song was just for him. He didn't, as far as we know, he didn't have right. it planned for anything. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't release it in his lifetime. It was something that he made because he needed to get it out of his head. And he took the time to do these awesome layered vocals. All yeah. And I just, it's, I'm always impressed that this is... Even if nobody else ever heard it, he did it the way he wanted it done. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it sounds very finished to me mm-hmm. also, even though it's sparse. Yeah. It does sound very finished, like the simplicity of it and the repetition of it is part of it. It's intentional, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah. I do like at three minutes and 23 seconds, there's a little, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. This up, we're done. Again, fade out. Well, it's like that's good. We're done, but that's good. He approves. Yep. Despite the flaws that we found in it, yeah. Like we're We're confused. I'm (laughs) glad you think it's good, Prince. (laughs) Not that it's not good. No, this is good, but it's just we're a little left a little. I almost feel like the that's good is like I got. I've said what I wanted to say. I can stop now. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Very in. Like this is a. Very interesting track. Maybe it's a little polarizing. It's definitely got a religious undertone to it and some very undefined rules of the road. Uh-huh. You know, it's like never speed without reason. If you went to driving school and someone told you that, you'd be like, that's that's no direction. What are you saying? Yeah, like um, tell me what the reasons might be so that I can make a determination yeah, appropriately. But, um, you have a per- bleeding person in your back seat. Okay, it's okay to it's speed. Life or death. Right. Yeah, I almost think of Prince answering these questions and saying, "Well, that's God gave us free will. It's for here's the here's the thought. How you handle it is is up to you. But that's also a kind of a shirking of." You know, responsibility of carrying this message and put it to music, maybe complete the idea. Yeah. you. He had an opinion of what that meant. He had an idea for himself what that meant. And really, the, all of this is not about him sharing scripture. It's about his understanding of it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, so yeah. let's... He has, he's put scripture through the, through the prince filter. Sure. Yeah. And so... If you're going to put it through the filter, it's one thing to ask a question. It's one thing to sit down and have somebody have a conversation with you about your understanding. What is your understanding? What is my understanding? I don't understand this. Let's talk about this. Let's work through it. And it's another thing to put it in music and say, never slay without a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well. 
Sure. Hey, well, what or does that he mean? Sees part of the like the, the beautiful mystery of recording a song that it can be interpreted, you know, interpreted the way that interpreted. Interpreted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I pulled Josh right out of whatever thought he was having. No, there's no thought there. The fact that I said the word interpreted means any further of my opinions are invalid on this song. We should probably move on. I dig the song. Yeah. I have listened to it numerous times. Yeah. Um, and I, like you said, he chose not to release it, although he did say someone will release it and at some point. It won't be right. me. That was kind of his his view on you know his Anything unreleased vault, music. Right. Yeah, someone will go through it at some point, and it's part of history, and thankfully it's recorded and whatever. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, it does have us talking about it, so yeah. I guess that's, that's cool. Here we are. Uh, this was recorded in 2006, so we're 17 years on. And we're having a conversation about it. And that's, that's cool. That is cool. I would like to be able to say what a profound thought that he had. Or <clears throat> I disagree with this profound thought that he had that was clear. Yeah, sure. Well, to his credit, he did give us a lot of opportunities to say that. <laughs> um, and he did, like, that's why he didn't release it. Maybe sure. he's like, this is incomplete. It's not a full right. thought. It's a cool groove. Yeah. Um, you know, it does, certainly doesn't fit. I can't see it fitting on any album that he released after 2006. So maybe its rightful place was, you know, on a shelf yeah. until handpicked for who knows what reason. That would be the other thing I would like is how was this song discovered and what did what was the estate's opinion on this? How does it fit into Prince's discography as we you know, try to curate something of a legacy for him. Um, what you want is what you do for your work is a justification sure. for the selection. You have to justify the work that you do very often to your clients about here's the reason why we chose these colors, this shape, this blah, 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 whatever. I would love to hear that kind of justification from anybody. Yeah, because we don't get it in the song, right? If you think of the song as a campaign, this is the overall thought. Here is how we express it. These are the words we don't use, and here's why. Uh-huh. And this song just like plows right through that yeah. and answers really no questions, tells a loose story that's somewhat disjointed. Right. That goes from we have a generational responsibility to hey, even if you have the opportunity, don't be a bad person, to I've been wronged and someone tried to steal <laughs> something important to me. Right. And I, I guess the message is that he didn't kill them. Uh, yeah, uh, I, this is where I, like, I don't know where to go from there. Right. Well, and maybe that's why it wasn't done, but it, it wasn't released, and that's fine. What is the reason for choosing it to release now. Yeah, those those are things that could even, be talked about. Right. Even if it's just yep. the groove is great or this captured a time in Prince's life or this is the best quality thing that we have and we want to release it because we know nobody's ever heard it. Yeah. Even or, any kind or of we have we are curating the bejesus out of what we were left with here and we have a plan we have, as you can imagine, a whole lot of music that might not fit into larger plans. This is one of those unique cases that we feel like you right. deserve to hear it. 
as you know, people who have inherited this, we don't even know what to do with it. All we can tell you is that among the experts we have talked to and the other musicians that Prince worked with and the recording engineer who you would think they'd have a record of, this was a one-off thing. And so that is why we're releasing it that right. way. Right, you know, that, and tell us, you know, that's what vault series are going to be. Yeah, you and, know, yeah, it's and there's a plan be, for this. Yeah, there's going to be one, two, three, eight songs, you know, that we don't know what else to do with. They're going to be released in this manner. It doesn't fit. That's a justification in and of itself. Even if they don't want to tell us why they picked this specific song, just it doesn't fit with other material that we're going to try. Prince didn't record in an album mentality every time he went into the studio because he couldn't. There was too much. Right. And so this is part of the, these are here's the rules we're going to follow from now on. When we come across these things, consider it for this. If it works and the timing's right, this is how we're going to handle it. Right. Moving forward. And I think there, that I, I'm holding the estate to a higher standard in that way because they're not making new music. They're finding. I I give Prince a little a little more leeway with all of that during his lifetime because he never knew how his life was going to change and how the music was going to come to him. So that's fine, but let's kind of start making a plan for what he left behind because now it's a completed cohesive body of work. Even if it's not very cohesive, it's complete. There's no more coming. There's no new being made for Prince to say, ooh, you know what? If I took these eight songs and then they've inspired me and they go together in some way and I'm going to record two more and make a whole album, great. You know, he could do that. That's not the case anymore. So I tend to give him a little more leeway than I did than I do the estate. Even with the estate, you're left with a group of people who didn't ask for this, right? Right. They are doing it out of choice or out of finances, whatever it is. So they aren't trained professionals. They have they have a relationship with them that is their qualifier. Yeah. All right. But we have another song. We do. Very exciting. Seven. E flat version. Seven was on the Love Symbol album. It was a single. There are a lot of versions of it already. There are many released. There was a CD maxi single uh-huh. released with multiple remixes. An acoustic version, quote yeah. unquote, which yeah. wasn't really, but closer to acoustic than the official release anyway. Right. And here is a another version that for whatever reason wasn't included on the maxi single. Um, this version was recorded August 9th of 1992. You've heard from the 40 minutes we spent talking about all I shared together now. My process here was immediately for me, like, okay, what do we know about this? Because uh-huh. there's not much. Right. It's in E flat. Yeah. That we know. So I was like, okay, first of all, somebody tell me what the heck key was the released version in because I don't know that. I don't either. I don't know. I can hear the difference. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I couldn't, like, tell you the key by listening. So it is in the key of A, the released version, 
And then I was like, okay, well, how is a song that was in the key of A different than one in the key of E or E flat? So I'll share with you a music theory website that I came across to read about. So like I was asking myself and the internet, internet, what do we mean when we say a song is in the key of E flat major? Um, Essentially, it means, well, a few things, but one of which is the home note of the music will be E flat, and that note will be the most stable throughout the whole piece, and there's a scale that goes up and down from the home note. Okay. So very cool. I was like, okay, I learned something about music that I I probably learned in (laughs) high school and quickly forgot. Other songs in E flat, I was like, is that common for songs to be in E flat? Um, well, our friend Adele recorded Rolling in the Deep in the key of E-flat. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor is in E-flat. Elton John's Your Song also in E-flat. Um, so that kind of helped me figure out, okay, this is not like, it's an oddity in that it's just like a super popular song of Prince's that is like in a different key, mm-hmm. but that key isn't just some wildly you know, one-off thing. That is the story of what Josh learned about music theory. Excellent. Very good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the released version and many of the remixes, most of which were after six something or other, right? Okay. Uh, there's a drum loop that's sampled from Tramp. Okay. Which was a 1967 song by Lowell Folson and Jerry McCracklin, who get credit for seven in the lyrics on Apple Music for this release. Okay. Written by those two individuals and Prince Last. Wow. Which I thought was pretty cool. I also had no idea that, and this is credit to Prince Vault, that the drum loop that was sampled from Tramp was actually used in many other songs that had success in 1991, including Cypress Hill's how I Could Just Kill a Man. Okay. And a song called Rampage by EPMD, which I did not recall or know. So pretty interesting that all these songs from this time went to this one sample uh, and found success and sound nothing alike at uh-huh. all. Yep. That's interesting. That's like uh, we were talking with some friends last night about a... A uh, band that had uh, some interesting mm. music that w- it's not super listenable to on its own, but uh, it got sampled into many things. I'm trying to remember the name of the band. Cra- craft, Craftwork. Craftwork? I think it was Craftwork. But yes, they made music in the late 70s and then all through the 80s and 90s, they were sampled in many other things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like a part of the fabric of music right? because of that. Um, So if the beat sounds familiar to you just as a Prince fan, it's because you've heard it on the boom mix of Shake, Uh which we covered when we talked about Graffiti Bridge uh, and the Shake maxi single and remixes. And it's also used on the love symbol promo song, To Whom It May Concern. Um, and even the little rhythm guitar part, the high-pitched rhythm guitar part that repeats throughout the song is also in To Whom It May Concern, which also samples a whole bunch of songs from the finished 
Love Symbol album. Yes. And then I had also forgotten that there are like 15 plus remixes of the song, that many of which we covered, like you said, when we talked about the Love Symbol album. But there are also no fewer than like eight other remixes that have a hip hop kind of believed flavor to them. Uh-huh. And they're listed on Prince Vault. So this song has like been remixed. Yeah, ad nauseum. Yeah. Yes. This version does go right into verse one. It doesn't start with a chorus. The album version and many of the remixes start with the chorus. Oh yeah. Like almost like a solo chorus uh-huh. to start the album right. version, right? Also starts with the same evil laugh sam- sample mm-hmm. that was used in the boom mix and also to whom it may concern. <laughs> oh, it was Evil Laugh Track from Simon Harris's compilation uh, Beats, Breaks, and Scratches, Volume 4. All right. Which I went out and found, and yeah. Confirmed. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> there it is. So yeah, launches right into verse one pretty quickly after uh-huh. a little count off, which is not in the released version. So I kept listening for what's different. I think some of this is sung differently because it's in a different yes. key, but there's this one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Oh! Yeah. That Prince counts off, which has not I hadn't heard before. Yeah, speaking of, it's definitely a different vocal track because mm-hmm. at 20 seconds, he milks the word me in spectacular fashion. Yeah, six others will curse me. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can tell it's a different key. It's mm-hmm. a little more nasally yep. of a delivery. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say more ominous sounding like the album version to me is a little more of a celebration. And this sure. is because I think of the flat yeah. scale yeah. Uh, has a little weirder sound, but yeah. I, I tried to separate that from, well, is it just because you're used to uh-huh. hearing the original version? Well, right. I couldn't tell you that because I only have my own brain. <laughs> it's uh, very busy musically. There's mm-hmm. drums, bass, there's an electronic bell kind of sound, and it is very different than the finger bells mm-hmm. that were so Egyptian in the album yeah. version. Yeah. It kind of serves the same function. Yeah. Same part of the song. Right. Even though it's not the same and it's not done in the same way it has the same function mm-hmm. within the song yeah the other thing missing well there are many things like missing but different <laughs> yeah certainly the chorus is far less booming like it's this chorus of princes in the released version uh-huh. singing the chorus of seven right The other thing that's not present in this version is the Egyptian, which is almost like the hook of the song. So it makes it very, very different when that's not part of the song you're hearing. And it's almost like the most memorable part of Seven. Uh Right. Because there's not all of these layers of vocals, uh, it feels a little more laid back. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. I remember an interview with, uh, maybe it was Tony M around the recording of the Love Symbol album, which was more of a band effort, you know, of course. And, but Seven was a Prince recording and him hearing what Prince had done with Seven and then hearing all the overdubs and additions. And he's like, you don't need all that. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, of course, Prince did, Prince did not listen to that, adding like that Middle Eastern flavor to uh-huh. it and all of that, which came later, is not here. Right. Um, another part where you can tell that it's resung is um, in the chorus. Uh, together we'll love through all space and time when he sings we'll love there's a repeat of we'll love in the background at a minute and 42 seconds which is unique to this version i also have to continue to look up savoir faire but i think that i'll just admit it that i can't remember what it means okay Uh, especially like hearing i'm like okay Stand in the way of love and we'll smoke them all with an intellect and a savoir faire. Savoir faire is the ability to act or speak appropriately in social situations. Oh, okay. The example given on Google was, this is a gracious occasion, so try to behave with a bit of savoir faire. Oh, okay. Act appropriate. That's right. Don't act a fool. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Keep it together. There'll be a new city with streets of gold. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a gospel treatment. Yeah. That I really appreciate. A different key you can really tell yeah. there, too. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, where he milked the word me earlier, he yeah. makes a whole meal of the word fall. Yeah. Two minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah. yeah that whole meal. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. So we get the chorus a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's essentially like the end of the lyrical portion of the song. Sure. Which is not different from the released version, with the exception of there's less choruses to, to hear, especially since one doesn't kick off the song. Right. At three minutes and 27 seconds, we get a breakdown, and then the song yeah, takes out. Yeah, descending guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And takes off in like a completely different direction after there's another count off by Prince. Uh-huh. The one, two, yeah. three, ho! It's very croaky. It's and- very croaky, and uh, again... You know, he's counting off himself, if you think of this. It's you uh-huh. know, essentially just having fun. Yeah. He's not calling out to other musical players or no. trying to keep a band in time. He's having a good time. Yes. You know? Yeah. Which I think you can hear there. Yeah, it's fun to hear him so joyful. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this plucky guitar after that. But then if you listen really close, it can sound like it's just an instrument, but I think there's some sampled vocals that are like, they're kind of croaky and altered to the point where it's unintelligible. It becomes part of the music, but there are vocals there. Yes, there are. 
they kind of run under this whole yeah. starting at three minutes and 35 seconds. There's like a really super cool bass and rhythm guitar instrumental part that yes. Prince kind of takes off, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing. Um, and then a repeating synth line that's not in the original version that starts at about three minutes and 54 seconds. This kind of uh-huh. that repeats through the end of the song. <laughs> So there's guitars that we've heard, you know, starting this kind of coda, for lack of a better term. And from 350 to 355, there's guitars, and then the keyboards join in, and they almost kind of meld into one another mm-hmm. for a moment, and then you get them both again. So the guitars yeah. come back, and there's keyboards, Separate. but I listen yeah. to those like five seconds trying to figure out just what the heck was happening there. And I just could not wrap my brain around it, but it feels like these guitars melt into the keyboards and then you have both. Yes. And it was just, it's yeah. Again, like we talked about like music theory, this is like, He's a master of, here's the song, and it sounds like this cohesive thing, but the parts that make it up are so crazy different Uh and unique, more so than I think in, I mean, any other music I've ever heard, and that's what's always, like, just made me obsessed with this guy's music. Um, You know, to do these breakdowns, you're like, oh, wow, that's what the bass line is, and now... I can go back and listen to the song and almost pick out those parts sometimes. Uh-huh. But like in a case like this where it's all one big Prince casserole yeah, and you can't really tell the individual flavors. It's just its own singular thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's an interesting way of putting it. A Prince casserole. Circle RTM. <laughs> so at the very end, Four minutes and 54 seconds. Like, it comes to an abrupt end. There's not a fade out like there is on the previous song, All I Share Together. It ends, and there's a sound that I thought was a Bluetooth, our Bluetooth speaker disconnecting. It's uh-huh. got this kind of uh-huh. sound that, I mean, there weren't Bluetooth speakers then. No. So I know that's not what it's meant to be. Or like a message alert from your phone if you've accidentally left it with the sound on. Right. Instead of vibrating in your pocket that continually throws me off. Like, and there's this humming at the end uh-huh. too. It kind of breaks down and uh-huh. there's like a little, just this undertone that's there at the end. It has no real meaning, but I just think, you know, we're talking about a song we've covered ad nauseum mm-hmm. multiple times. And here is this fun, yeah, a new way of hearing it. New way it. of hearing it. Yeah. 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 That's pretty great. Yeah. That wasn't like a fan made thing or a DJ. This was Prince himself yeah. re recording it in a different key. Like for what reason or to just test he, it out? Because he wanted to. I guess. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to talk that there's an interesting choice of these two songs. So we've already okay. said we don't know if it's really a choice, but I'm trying to find my own way to 
connect these songs and understand them as a package as well as their individualness. Okay. So all shared together now is very heavily steeped in a Judeo-Christian worldview. It's deeply about community for the most part, rather Mm -hmm. than a romantic relationship. Even the I've been wronged by somebody portion of it, he is kind of masking as uh, Satan. And it's not so much him necessarily because it's she walked into a crowded room there was joy and, picked, and laughter and, and picked, picked him yeah, he yeah. was yeah yeah this was it's more of a a community sort of situation yep and then we have seven the e flat version which has basically identical lyrics to the album version and it also has biblical allusions sure. a plague and a river of blood is an overt reference to the story of Moses bringing the Israelites out of Egypt but it's also more mystical. You know, we've got the 12 souls from now. You and me will still be here. It's very a, we're going to love each other through all space and time. This very much mystical sort of situation. And um, communities mentioned a new city with streets of gold. Mm-hmm. Young, so educated, they never grow old. But at the heart, it's a love story. But I think love is really what connects these two songs. That there is a, you should love your community, you should love the generations coming after you, and that is the love that you see in All A Share Together Now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the love story that we have in Seven. Yeah. So, if we're trying to find a way to connect them, they're two different kinds of love, but that is the thing that brings these two songs some sort of cohesion. Now, whether the estate got there with it or not, we don't know. They haven't told us. Be Very great. true. It'd be great if they throw it up on their website. <laughs> that all makes perfect sense, but I also think, I mean, there are a ton of random print songs that you could put together and find an underlying message of love, not sure. to discount your theory at all, but like you said, we just we don't know, but it's hard not to try to connect them when there's been just radio silence for so long and then for the general public anyway we get these two songs released for a reason i mean someone purposefully found them mixed them put them out right it's not easy even though you can do it cheaply right we've got evidence of that here in fact (laughs) all right so i made selections oh i made selections oh you did oh josh told me yesterday that he had made me selections, and I said, well, I made selections. You don't have to make them. I made some, so. Yeah, it was like, you don't you don't have to row the boat. I'll row the boat. No. You just be there. I didn't mean that's, it like that at that's all. That's how I, meant... I interpreted it. Sorry. <laughs> like, that's... okay, fine. But I'm like, it's two songs, and we're going to find a mountain, a sea, and a time capsule in two songs. That's yep. a unique challenge. Yeah. So, okay. Go right. for it. They're, they're well, your rules, so take it away. All right. Well, the time capsule for me was all a share together now because I had I thought it sounded very much like the things that came just before it and just after it. Mm-hmm. It specifically sounded like musicology to me. Mm-hmm. You thought it sounded more like Lotus Flower. Yeah. It's all kind of in it's the close. same area. Yeah. So to me, okay, it sounded that way. Cool. Well, we already disagree. <laughs> Let the fighting begin. <laughs> I say put seven in the time capsule with 
in E flat and with the dozen plus other remixes of the song, none of which I think are particularly great. Especially okay. like the seven maxi single was very, uh, I don't know, underwhelming to me. Sure. I expected, I, I don't know what I expected, but you know, I think that there's a maxi, maxi, maxi single there for sure between sure. the released version of seven the radio edit the e-flat version all the after six edits and then the eight nine other hip-hop remixes that prince vault lists that are still unreleased that's a lot of seven yes a lot of seven Mm -hmm. the c for me is you know the absolutely deplorable quality even though we didn't go to celebration and i didn't even get the little cassette usb thing it hurts my feelings for them, for the people who spent the time and a lot of money to go to this, that they got such crummy quality. It was like the seven E flat version was painful to listen to. I mean, it really I did c- hurt my ears. Yeah. Like I literally, yeah. Like if this is what it is, I don't even care. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to listen to this. I thought that's why we had the estate was to like, Okay, whatever we release should be something that Prince himself would be proud of, right? Yes, it's finished. Who boy. Yeah. Um, so, yes, what's out is a little better. Yeah. On streaming platforms, anyway. So, uh, I'm sort of agreeing with you, but I, I went overboard. We've only got two songs, <laughs> but I'm calling these C's plural, S E A S's. Wow. So, yes, releasing both these songs to celebration attendees in some of the worst, purposefully downgraded quality imaginable was a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, releasing them both with no real context or recording information or they're calling it the vault series volume one. Is this going to be a collection of songs? Is it just these two? So I get like teases and that kind of thing, but it's, it's so vague that I can't imagine there's a plan behind it. There's just, we're just going to figure it out later. But then most of all, I mentioned this up front when you said, you know, they sound great or they sound excellent. I think was the word oh, you used. Yeah. Both of them are in mono. They're monaural, not stereo songs. Open <gasps> them in audacity, open them in your audio editor of choice of choice. The left and right channels are identical. So, <gasps> I would love to hear, is this how the estate found them? Was this part of some other, was there other reasoning here? But I do not think Prince in 1992 or 2006 was recording songs not in stereo. Wow, I didn't even notice that. Holy smokes. That's a C to me. Oh, absolutely. All right, my mountain was seven E-flat version because I love that song and more of it. Yes, Good. I I don't remember you loving the maxi single either. I think we found it kind of repetitive and it didn't go in a lot of directions. Right, and I think that was also a disappointment for me that it wasn't more varied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agree. Um, For me, it's the last... I'm, I agree with you, but I'm going to be more specific since I was so sweeping in my judgment of the seas. My mountain is the last 90 seconds of the E-flat version, the bass mm-hmm. and the synths. Um, like if we think of this song in comparison to the seven maxi single, 
the only non-album track on that maxi single to me that's better than the e-flat version is the quote-unquote acoustic version of seven which really lent itself it had that kind of acoustic guitar running throughout and that mix kind of enhanced it so i thought e-flat version would have been a fun thing to include and like out of left field for sure Mm -hmm. like did i need the after six edit the after six long version there was a lot of repetition on that there maxi single yeah awesome all right well i mean we were able to make a meal out of two songs that's right (laughs) uh well i mean we're coming off of a whatever 14 episode deep dive into emancipation so we thought a one-off here for these two tracks certainly noteworthy given the period in time absolutely we've already covered the uh love simple album yeah there's no other place that it would make sense to cover no. all the share together and now. It just all just it came was out. It recorded so. in the 3121 kind of period. So which we've also already which covered. Which we've also covered. Um, yeah. So time well spent. Handshake. Christy. That's right. Uh, so next up, I think that's what you're leaning towards. Looking yes. to me with these longing uh, eyes, wondering what could possibly be in our future. So... Um, <laughs> There are eyelashes <laughs> fluttering on the microphone over there. Um, so we're well into like year five of this podcast, and we've never really, really gone way far back into Prince's catalog. Oh, okay. Like the earliest album that we've covered is Dirty Mind. Uh-huh. So I think now is the time to address that. All right. Go back to 1978. Go to the album where it all first started and cover his debut album for you. We will probably end up with a handful of episodes over this album. Um, Excellent. Certainly, we'll use the next two to cover the album proper. We'll cover the first half in the next episode, second half in the episode following that. Excellent. And then some ancillary materials from the late 70s. Very cool. That's very exciting. We're going to get a little, a little disco, lots of falsetto. You are going to get a little, yes. I think Prince would be sad for it to be called disco, but it, you call <laughs> a spade a spade, you know? <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio, so we really appreciate it. Rate and review wherever you get podcasts. Tell a friend because it is more fun when you can listen with a friend. I know we're your friends in your ears, but you know, it's nice to be able to talk with an actual person about the show after you've listened. Maybe it'll spark some conversation that Josh and Chrissy have a silly idea about this thing, or ooh, did you hear that I never heard that little bit that Josh heard? Did you hear their? scathing criticism of the estate (laughs) that's right i think we're preaching to the choir there again thank you and until next time happy purple listening thanks for sticking with us